0: Rippy writes with Brian Scott Rippey transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have.
1: What is up late on a Monday? I am Brian Scott Rippy, Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Rights podcast. It is our Sunday SEC baseball conversation with Colin Brister on a Monday, just had a, a minor scheduling conflict. On Sunday, that led us to push the pod for a day, so sorry about that, but I doubt any of you are just chomping at the bit to hear a reaction to Ole Miss' series loss to Missouri that drops them to 6-18 and 18 in the Southeastern Conference. We covered a little bit of that, and of course, as we've done with the last couple of weeks, kind of trying to blend it into the big picture of what's going to be a very consequential offseason For this program, but we also talked about the big news in college baseball and what feels like to some degree college sports and sports as a whole, the whole Alabama Brad Bohannon uh, sports wagering issue. Then as we uh, as we were recording a little bit more news broke about the uh, Iowa version of that uh, and how the two are related Iowa State suspends athletes for potential illegal gambling violations as well as uh, 26 athletes at the current athletes at the University of Iowa. I think the total is 119. So we really spent a large portion of the podcast talking about that, what it means, how the two are related, but separate and uh, what the potential fallout could be. So a little bit of a different show, but uh, maybe it worked out a little bit as we figured out in real time on the podcast, there was a little more information available from the Iowa standpoint of things. So Buckle up. I think you'll enjoy the conversation if you're interested in that story. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked that the world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval and advanced modeling mechanism that has propelled Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Need to check them out. Football season's just around the corner. You want to build up your bankroll before then? Go with Mark Harris and the guys at Skybox NASCAR. They're crushing it on the year as they do every year. I got tagged in some uh, NASCAR beef I saw over the weekend from our guy Mark Harris at Skybox NASCAR. Might have to get him back on the pod to explain that because I think it will be a uh, open June on the uh, podcast calendar with the baseball team probably not making the NCAA tournament. But you need to check them out. They're the best gambling handicapping service in the business. They're the only way to profit in the long run. They go off data and numbers and definitely not their own brain and leans right before tip-off, kickoff, whatever. You need to check these guys out if you're into wagering. Go to skyboxsportspicks.com, find a picks package. It's going to fit your price range. And then type in the promo code RIPPEE, that's R-I-P-P-E-E, and that'll get you 20% off any purchase. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com, the best gambling handicapping service in the business. You'll be thankful that you did, as your next year gambling will be more profitable than the last one. I can promise you that. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. Go see Greg if you're a Right subscriber. That's at substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me. And discounted meats. The Rippy Right special is currently three six ounce bacon wrap fillets for twenty bucks. That's about a forty dollar valuation there. You're getting for twenty bucks, three steaks, bacon wrap for twenty bucks. Can't beat that. Go in there, show Greg a subscription. Then go find all your own favorites. He's got all kinds of delicious cuts of meat, fresh seafood, sausages are always a hit. Go in there, find your own favorites. It's the perfect grilling season. Do it before the weather gets too hot. Greg wants to make your grilling experience great. Check him out. LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. All right, here's Colin Brister. A little bit on the Mizzou series and uh, a lot on the uh, larger stories in college baseball as well as a look around the Southeastern Conference. Enjoy. All right, we now welcome on Rippy Wright's baseball correspondent, Colin Brister, recording on a uh, Monday afternoon. Day late, couldn't get the schedules to work out. I was uh, traveling from the Delta, playing in a golf tournament, And uh, we got too late on Sunday and I was like, you know what, we're just going to wave the white flag and do it on Monday because you were available. And uh, I don't think anyone was, you know, back in February, people were like, hey, if I didn't put it out on Sunday night, they'd be like, where's the podcast at six and 18 in the league for Ole Miss. We don't get a ton of those requests. Um, (laughs) So I don't, I don't think anyone uh, starved for content by uh, us waiting 12 hours or whatever it is that we normally do to do a (laughs)
0: podcast. And so uh, here we are. How are you? uh good good um our uh, my, my my high school team got put out last week so on like one hand it's kind of sad because i love those kids but on the second hand i get to come home at like 3 30 every day now so i get a little bit more sleep and a little bit more re- relaxation i haven't gotten to get home at 3 30 since like october so uh i get to i get to sleep a little bit more it's it's uh it's been kind of nice the past three days obviously wish we would have won but uh been three days of actually being able to rest and and not wake up at 5 30 in the morning and um be anxious about a game.
1: Yeah, the first couple of days of like uh the aftermath of busy season where you kind of return to like an off-season type schedule, and no matter really what line of work you're in, are kind of nice. And then there's probably part of you after about halfway through gets like stir crazy. It's like, all right, when do we ramp back up again? But there's yeah. like a couple of days when you come back down, you're like, oh, it's kind of nice to not have. You know, a jam packed schedule every single yeah. day. How far did y'all make it? School's got to be uh,
0: so. So we made it to the second round. It's 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 not unfair the way they do it. Um, it's just kind of the luck of the draw. We played a team called East Union in the second round. Yeah, I um, covered a
1: state title. They were involved in. Yeah, they're involved in a lot of them.
0: So we went to East Union on Tuesday. We're Look, I, I'm not trying to be bragging. Our team's pretty good. Okay. Um, and the first pitch that the kid from East Union threw was 93 miles an hour um and i'm like oh this is different he's committed to mississippi state so uh we we, we got put out in in two games against them when we we fought as hard as we could but uh really really good team i, I don't see much in the way of um unless they play poorly they're going to be tough to beat and they did not play poorly last week they played really really well so um good team yeah it was uh but yeah, obviously I wish we were practicing this week, but uh we ran into a buzzsaw of a baseball team last week. No doubt they had uh this two a team that has a kid that is signed with South Alabama and one that is committed to state um in two A. So that's uh that's tough.
1: Yeah, that is tough. Uh that's a pretty solid uh front line <laughs> yeah. roster for a two A program. And with a kid throwing like 93 like that. It's not just the fact that someone throwing that hard, it is tough for high school hitters in general to deal with because you know it's 93. It's also the fact that you probably don't see a ton of
0: it, and then that happens no. and all of a sudden you're like, wait, what the hell is this? Yeah. So, you know, you you see more of it, obviously, if you're playing five A or six A, but we play in two A, where you know yeah. uh, the the like we have a kid, um 84, 86. That's usually the top of two A, and he's really good. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't see much 91-93. What we saw was funny. He only threw four innings because they pulled him off after it was kind of the game. It, it wasn't over. I think they pulled him off. It was up they were up seven to two or seven to one, excuse me. Well, I think we had four hits and four innings off the kid, but uh yeah, he's six three as a sophomore, throwing ninety two miles an hour, ninety three stat probably 90-91 with a wipeout solder. Um I know Mississippi State. I think, honest to God, he could, he, uh, he might could pitch for Mississippi State, like, you know, right now.
1: Uh, yeah. I think we talked about that earlier (laughs) in the year. I think you brought some, this kid up or someone similar. Like, yeah, could they get him, uh, could they get him to go ahead and like show up to campus for these last few games? He
0: he could pitch right now. Um, but everybody's probably sick of hearing about my, uh, my, uh, season so um uh, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about Ole Miss um so you know everybody talked about you know how do we get more eyeballs to college baseball um Brad Bohannon and some kids from Iowa have figured that out over the past few weeks yeah this is so, how we get eyes on college baseball yeah so we thankfully you know I keep getting
1: worried about like okay as they continue to you know plummet them being Ole Miss um, I keep thinking like, oh, man, what are we going to do content wise? Then I realized after like last week, I was like, look, we can talk about the offseason. You know, we can find little anecdotes in the series and things can figure it out. And then the college baseball world just supplied content of all content uh, with just it being besieged by apparent uh, gambling allegations. <laughs> uh, and now two different programs. As we're listening to this on a Monday night, I was kind of ch- like the one part of me that wanted to record on Sunday to make it work. Was just the fact that the Bohannon story had kind of been out there for a little bit, but then all of a sudden we got a nice compliment to it in the Iowa side of it. We'll uh, we'll hit that in a second. I do want to hit just some very quick notes from the weekend, just because I thought there was, uh, I thought there were some interesting quotes uh, from after the okay two games, um, because you know we talked about this year um, as just kind of a lost cause, and how do you really like contextualize this? Um, in a year after you win the national title, Ole Miss has, uh, you know, a couple injuries to start the year. The whole conversation we've had the whole year, but it doesn't feel like the, like, it it has worn on Mike Bianco, and you can tell that from the way he talks. And I don't know if that's getting the normal amount of attention of him having a couple quotes that he did over the weekend that it normally would just because it seems like people were checked out and, hey, they still won the national title last June. Look, if this were... I don't know, 2021, Mike Bianco in 2019, and this kind of quotes are coming out. Then you beg, whoa, okay, like a lot more eyeballs will be on it. But it just seems like uh, they're kind of checked out. I'll start with the one after the 13-3 to loss run rule loss on Friday in seven innings. You ready for this one? I don't really know what to say. It's an embarrassing performance by us, Mike Bianco said. Open the floodgates with a couple errors. I think they're in the fourth. Of course, they're swinging it, feeling good, but just as I told the guys, that's just embarrassing and not acceptable for any of us. We have
0: to be better and have to compete harder. Woof. So, um, on, well, I've got so on that same day. Now, I didn't hear this, so this is this is my dad who listened to the post game radio, but I have no reason to believe that, that he made this up. Apparently, um, what's the Brad Henderson asked Mike? He said, uh, "Hey, Coach, uh, what's the message to the team after the game?" And you know, like Mike, like answers his last question and just kind of walks off. Yes. Um, Apparently, he looked at Brad Henderson and was like, you don't want to know. Oh, (laughs) really? Yeah, apparently that's what he said. He said, you don't want to know. So, uh, I bet some things were said Friday night. Look, there is a part of this. Like, yes, from my fan perspective, everybody's kind of like checked out. It's like, okay, yeah, they suck. They won the national title last year, everything. Nobody's going to get overly upset, right? Um, I mean, I know a few people are overly upset, but for the most part, everybody's kind of chilled. But that's not how – people like Mike Bianco and people like Mike Clement and people like Carl Lafty operate. Um, There is, there's an old adage that, that how you do anything is how you do everything, right? They're not going to just sit around and be happy and be content when they won the national title in 2022, um, when they're getting their face kicked in, they're responsible for what's on the field. And I'm sure they, they take it hard when they look out there and the team's just not good enough. So um, look, it's obvious. They're not good enough at this point. Um, and 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 Mike's not happy with the product that they put on the field. And I'm sure they're going to take um they're going to go about fixing that come the offseason, however that may be. But um yeah, no, I, I don't that Friday was embarrassing. There's no way to put it. And and frankly, Thursday was embarrassing as well. Um to be up nine to two and to blow that game, that's 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 not acceptable. Um for, for a program like Ole Miss. And, you know, it just kinda is what it is at this point. Kinda come to expect it, but but to be very clear, while you know a lot of the fan base is checked out, the guy wearing number five over there in the dugout, I can assure you, is not.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point, and I've thought about this a, a couple of times through the years. I think one of the first times I actually thought about this was I was doing that Reds internship. Um, the Reds were not very good. Uh, while I was there to say the least, but they had like a, that was the year where they fired their manager after like a three and 19 star Jim Riggleman took over. And for the like two of the three months I were there, I was there. They were actually a decent baseball club. They were still just like 18 games under 500 because they right. started three and 19. But like, I remember I had the white Sox one time and they were in the midst of a pretty rough losing streak. They were already like 20 games under 500. I think their manager was a guy named Rick Renteria. He was actually a super yeah. nice dude. Um, And they lost, I think they got swept by the Reds. And like two of them were like blown leads in the eighth and ninth inning. And then one of them was just like a 13 to one shellacking. And I was like, this guy has to answer questions from the media twice a day. Every single day. And you can tell he just is like, what else am I supposed to say? We're not very good. But like just <laughs> having to sit through nine innings of that every night and then answer questions about it, I imagine has to get pretty tenuous because fans can turn off the TV and they can check out. And even, you know, I mean, I'm not a reporter anymore, but there's a certain level of checked outness when you're covering a bad team. Sure. You're still going to like do your job, but you're not locked into every game and every pitch like you would in some different ways. But the people on the field and certainly Mike Bianco in the dugout like they can't well, I say the people in the field, not suggesting old has. I've seen teams check out before, but boy sure. being Mike Bianco's not. He's in there trying to win a game every single time he's in there. And I just point that out to say you're exactly right. Like his mindset is how the hell do we get to Hoover? Does he know probably yes. subconsciously it doesn't really like matter because they're probably not going to uh to do much once they get there? Yeah, probably, but like. He's focused on a kind of a game-by-game basis, and having to watch this week in and week out is pretty agonizing, and that's why I wanted to get to those quotes. I just thought those were pretty telling because you don't really hear Mike Bianco speaking. I don't want to call it like melodramatic, but you don't you hear him use kind of like sharper, more dramatic language like that very often. There's another one from the, uh, from the Thursday game that I just had up uh after they blew the uh, 9 to 2 lead and he said another tough one it's just hard to put into words anymore having yeah. a 9 to 2 lead with your ace on the mound with another ace in the bullpen and not to finish it obviously is disappointing and I actually kind of heard audio of this one and it was not just what he said but the way he said it too I say all that in a long winded way, just to point out that like, this has got to be pretty agonizing for him. I don't think he's resting on the laurels of a national title.
0: No, no, this is, this is not acceptable for him. And I'm not saying that from my perspective. I'm saying that from his perspective, you know, this is eating him alive. Um, He's never had this
1: too. We've talked about that too, but just from his vantage point, I don't think he's ever sat through
0: a year like this. No, I, you know, outside of, Maybe a tough year at me State, but I, and I can't recall that. Um, certainly has not happened at Ole Miss. I mean, they, they've had not very good teams, but they've never had a team that was six and eighteen in the league or whatever. Yeah, six and eighteen in the league. I mean, like think about this, right? The worst he can, the worst uh, SEC record he's ever had is thirteen and seventeen. With six games left to go, that record is mathematically impossible. Yeah, they can't get there. I mean, he's won one yeah, series. That, yeah, um, and I'm not sure they're going to win another. So, yeah, no, it's uh, look, it's tough, and and you know I know everybody else is just ready for this to end, but but Mike's like I'm sure I'm sure, and and this is what is encouraging, and what this is why you probably want somebody like this leading your program. I will gar- I will bet you money that they are approaching the Auburn series from a from a preparation standpoint from. Um, uh, of you know, getting getting locked in standpoint is the the exact same way that they approach the Vanderbilt series. Is the Auburn series pretty much meaningless as far as you know making the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. Um, but I will bet you money they worked just as hard this week as they did seven weeks ago getting ready for Vanderbilt. So, um, that that's look. This is his job. This is his livelihood, and 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 quite frankly, this program is his. Um and to see the the results of this year, and I'm sure eats him alive. As a matter of fact, I know it does. Um, and and they've got a lot that they got to do to fix this because, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into this later in in the year. But this is not this is not something where you throw it up to chance and say, oh, Shucks just got injured. We'll roll him back out again next year. No, 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 you can't do that. Um, there, there's got to be changes made. And I'm not talking about staff changes, but you you have got to go get better players because this is not just bad luck. This is not just you're not get, making the pitches. This is you're not good enough. You're not talented enough, and they have to fix that.
1: Yeah, well said. They absolutely do. And one of the things I wanted to ask you was you saw – I mean, I say you saw it. It was really mainly just in – The Saturday game, they haven't really changed the lineup much, but on Saturday, I think they went with Gatlin at D.H. Kramer in left field, and there was maybe one more, but that's really just a side note, too. I was just going to ask you, like, what do you think from his perspective? You brought up that nugget that was really good at the top when you were talking about uh, Brad Henderson doing the interview after and Mike's, he. am asking Mike what the message is after the game, and him saying you don't want to know. Uh, one, I've uh, heard been on the outskirts of a, quite a few of those through the years where I can't quite make out what he's saying. Maybe like every tenth word, but I know that it is stern just from being able to cheerily hear it while standing. A lot
0: out. of four letter words.
1: Yeah, off to the side. Like I, I, I believe him. Uh, I believe him in that. What's I don't the think worst
0: you can... one you ever heard?
1: Um. So I could never hear. I could never hear it enough. So like know what he told them, but I could like make out certain words or then you'd hear like his voice spike. And then sometimes you could tell from like the way the demeanor of the couple players that we got after Mike was actually usually kind of good about hiding it to some degree. I mean, you knew when he was pissed off, but you couldn't tell like, oh, he just laid into him. You could more so tell with the players. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm going to have to just default to one of those midweek losses. And it honestly, I don't think it was North Alabama, but they've had a couple of midweek stinkers through the years that are just like those somewhat meaningless, but kind of annoying losses where they just played terrible. There was a UAB doubleheader in there one year. Yeah um that I remember so one of those where it's like it, it act, like most of the time it wasn't actually that consequential game but they played bad and weren't focused or something like that and he just laid into him I, I I'll probably so, think of one later in the podcast but I can't think of one off the top of my head but it's that kind of game it's not really so, after SEC Friday or Saturday night games yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. because those you've got to load up and go play the next day
1: right uh, so what is yelling at him do but that that was actually what I was getting at though is with this team uh, we we pointed out for weeks now that, you know, the regular season at this point is kind of lost. You have a bunch of kids that aren't in all likelihood, going to be there next year. I'm not second guessing him by any stretch for yelling at him, but like, do you just think that's a, in, like that's an embodiment of how poorly they played in the Friday game? Because there's a part of me that would just be like, hey, what does yelling do at this point? But clearly they were not ready to play on Friday. And there's a standard that, you know, every program has to live up to it being Mike's program, especially like, do you think the fact that he just kind of laid into him after a you know early May Friday loss where they just got slacked was just a probably indicative of the lack of energy and focus? Like, I, I don't even know if I have a question in there. I just like, what do you make of him still kind of well, getting on their ass, even though it's a team that's not going to be together next year as a core?
0: So, some of it is, is is the context when you bring in Thursday night. Like, um, the one thing that, you know, really bothers us, uh, the the coach staff I work for, and I'm sure it bothers every other coaching staff, is when kids feel sorry for themselves. Because let me assure you, nobody else feels sorry for you. Um, and I bet there was an element of they felt sorry for themselves after blowing a 9-2 lead on, on Thursday night. Oh, we're 6 and – or 5 and whatever, uh, 16 at that point, 17, whatever. Um, and they felt sorry for themselves and, and you know, they, they have the inning because they're not locked in and the game's over. Um, there's an element of that. Look, to win SEC baseball games, you've got to be really, really good and really, really consistent. Um and make routine plays and, and and when you're not locked in, that doing that is is kind of hard. Um, so I think that was more that they probably felt sorry for themselves after, you know, the 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 year that's not been. Um look because this team they're, well, they're not very good. I think it's fair to say they've had some terrible luck as well. Right. Yeah. hundred um, percent. You know, and, and well, last year they have good luck. That's kind of averages result, but it's easy to get beaten down and then you blow the nine to two lead. You know, it, it was probably just that he noticed and I'm, I'm sure this bothers him as much as it does anybody uh, that. Some of his kids may have felt sorry for themselves. And quite frankly, if you're going to win within this league, um, you can't do that because let me assure you, nobody else feels sorry for you.
1: Yeah. And it was the way that inning unfolded, right? They had the back-to-back errors. I think they may have had three in the inning. Um, Maybe. I don't know if the third one came late. What does it actually matter? But like just the way it unfolded too had to be a piece of it as well. And let's point this out as well. We pointed out not good enough. They've had some rough luck. Mizzou's not good. The whole joke we've had all year is that they swept Mizzou to – or they swept Tennessee to open the year, and they're like, we're good. We'll see you all next February. Thanks for coming <laughs> out. Um, they, we're, we're cool for the rest of the year. Like, again, it would be one thing if, you know, Tennessee just demolished them late in the year, kind of similar to that last weekend State had against them last year. It's like, my God, get us sure. to the finish line. But Mizzou's, Mizzou's not good. Mizzou's, Mizzou's very bad. It just kind of punked on this on Friday.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Mizzou's terrible. Um, I think that was evident on Saturday. Mizzou is not very good, you know. Um, somebody made a good point. You know, everybody talks about Ole Miss' schedule getting easier. But let me assure you, when anybody sees Ole Miss on the schedule right now, they're like, oh, we got an easy series. Like, Alabama's not sweating the last weekend of the year. Um, well, maybe they are, but they're not sweating <laughs> Ole Miss. Um, so- we need to
1: see the odds <laughs> first.
0: See <laughs> if Alabama scratches the Saturday starter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, it just is what it is. Ole Miss isn't good enough. It's I hope they make the tournament because that would be cool and and you know, I'd, I'd like to see them over there in Hoover. Um, but, you know, what what's it really matter? They're not good enough to make a run through Hoover and and you know, they would literally have to win the thing for it to matter.
1: That was Mizzou's second largest margin of defeat of the se- of uh victory of the season too. Like I guess just to I hate doing the insult uh, or misery index whatever you want to call it each week. With some depressing stats, but they beat a team called Linwood, who's apparently a college, um, seventeen to two early in the year in a midweek. But they had not beaten a team by double digits all year until the mighty Rebels came in. They had a ten to one win over Missouri State, but uh, other than that, they oh. had not beaten anyone by ten runs uh, until the Rebels came into town. So, uh, I wonder if you could. I wonder if she could bet on Lindwood
0: would have to ask Brad Bohannon, but
1: we would have to ask would. him about that. Uh, I mean, even they played the New Jersey, I know New Jersey Institute of Technology has a decent program, but you're talking about like a pair of one run games. Like I, we, we don't, I, I don't want to go too far deep into it, but I did just, <laughs> I've just looked up earlier. I was just curious. I was like, had they beaten anyone by 10 runs? No, they had, had No, nine? they're terrible.
0: They're terrible. Um, they're terrible.
1: They are. Uh, so uh, real quick, where were you? When Ole Miss blew
0: the seven run lead on Thursday. Um, I was, we were, we were playing East union. So, um, so fun fact, I forgot the game happened and I'm driving home and I'm texting him or, or I'm on the phone with a buddy. Um, we're talking about, um, our, the, the, my high school's baseball game that, that I helped coach. And I'm like, Oh crap, Ole Miss played tonight. He's a big Ole Miss fan as well. I was like, and he had a game and he was like, Oh, they did. And so i look on there and then it's like, uh, the, I look, I like get on Twitter and it's like, Ole Miss lost 11 to nine. I'm like, I don't even know how, like how, they they have all their pitching. Why are we giving up eleven runs? And then I saw they were up nine to two, and I just like, you know what? That's about right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was the same way. So I was actually in Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, to take engagement photos, which uh Ooh. was not my favorite exercise in the world. Uh, but whatever, MC liked it. She thought they turned out well. Just part of what you got to do. But uh, we finish up after the game had started. I knew the game had started. I was like, "Look, if I catch a piece of it, okay, sweet." But like, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, that guy. And be like, hey, can we speed up these uh, one time? Fo- we do these photos once in our life so I can catch the third inning of Old Miss Mizzou. That probably would just not be a battle worth winning. But uh, we went back to uh, her parents' lake house. We stayed there for the night. I was. It was a quick trip. But I was sitting there, and I was. We picked up like to go pizza. And I'm sitting there with her and uh, her mom. And she's like, how's old Miss doing? And I was like, oh, it looks like they're up nine to two. And she's like, all right, you can flip it on. I was like, no, no, we'll finish eating. And like, I'll maybe flip it on later. So about a 45 minutes, couldn't, couldn't have felt any longer than that. That goes by. It probably wasn't all actually out a little bit longer. And I was like, all right, we're kind of winding down for the night. I'll throw it on the television. And then I look and I see the score is I'm trying to pull it up on their streaming, like the little ESPN, Roku, whatever. And it says it's nine to nine. I was like, whoa, this got weird in a hurry. And then I turn on the television, and as the game comes into focus, the ball's clanging off the light pole, and it just says Mizzou's 11-9. to
0: So that was solid. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with all Miss Rebels nowadays. It's just it, – it, that you
1: know, Mike, going back to the Mike quote, where it's like, you know, it's hard to put into words at this point. I don't actually really know how you would encapsulate a loss like that because you get a halfway decent outing – from uh oh, who was it? Rivas, that that yeah, it was Revis. Started on Friday. I had this pulled up earlier. Nothing like to write home about. Riley Maddox comes in and struggles. He uh they had back to back days where he really struggled. He didn't record it an out. And then you get, but you still have Mason Nichols and Jack Doherty on the back end. So you're like, all right. Like this is getting a little hairy, but you feel pretty good about your chances to maybe pull this thing out. Particularly, you know, when you led nine to two after however many innings it was. I believe that would be after six innings, and then it just not happened. Like that has to be pretty incredulous. Like I to to for, to Mike's quote of like I don't know what to say anymore or I don't know how to put it into words. I, I, that would be one of the few losses where I'd be like I'm taking him at face value here. He might not actually know how to explain what he just watched. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put that.
1: Like I think you know uh, what I mean. A lot of times it's like I don't know what to say, or they don't want to talk and they're getting I mean, we catch him when they're still kind of on the come down after this like fierce competition for three hours. I kind of feel bad for him sometimes in some ways. But that would but it's like all right, he doesn't want to talk tonight. That would be the one time I'd be like, I, I think I'd beg. Like, you know what? I actually buy this. I don't have any more questions. I don't think this guy has any clue what to say right now. And I honestly I don't really blame him, but just just kind of nuts. I mean, I I think that kind of encapsulates their year in a nutshell, and then uh, obviously did not get much better through the weekend. I guess the one note we will hit, because I don't think anyone wants to hear us break down the games <laughs> throughout the weekend. No. Uh, Calvin Harris had him a your... day on Saturday. The uh, You don't see four yeah, home runs, uh, two yeah, often. four day, home yeah. runs, 10 RBIs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, after you hit two, it would like, be kind of funny if he hit three, and then he hits the third one and he comes out the fourth time. he's like, wow, what if he hits, oh, my God, he hit it, and I hit number four. Like, that's what I felt like watching that. Because, like, off the bat, you knew it was gone. The ball was absolutely demolished. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's about as special of a day as you can have offensively. Is
1: that just like, a, is someone, I mean, I, I'm not going to, i just guessed that you've never hit home run, four home runs in a game in your career. I don't know. No, as a slight no. to you. I just, no. that doesn't really happen very often. But when something happens like that with the hitter, like, is it, like in golf, sometimes you can kind of play above your head, and for whatever reason, yeah. something that day works, and you're just absolutely dialed in. And that's probably why people chase the golf high all the time because it's like, all right, this is probably happening once a year, maybe, but uh, you just like, oh man, I could replicate this again tomorrow, and you just can't. Is that what that is? Like, how do you get so zoned? in? And you hit four home runs in a game. As dumb well, as, as that sounds,
0: as as stupid as this sounds, like after you like the second one, you you just are swinging with so much confidence that you're and you're so locked in. Um, that that you know, and and obviously, look, Mizzou's arms on the mound were were terrible Saturday, um, but yeah, like no, you just swing the you swing the thing with so much confidence, and Mizzou fell behind in some counts. I can tell you this, um, as a pitching coach, Calvin Harris would not have hit four home runs off me. That, the, he Poor would not done. have hit the fourth, the fourth, the after the third one, he'd have gone to first base. That he's would a, that would have been yeah no he's not getting anything to hit. Everybody's like, Well, oh, pitch around it. No 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 no. We hang a breaking ball; he's going to hit it off the scoreboard. He's going to first base. If he'd like to steal second and third, he can have a triple.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So you would just stop dealing with him after the second. No. Round?
0: Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah. Probably. He probably doesn't get the third one. Quite honestly.
1: You know what's crazy about the way this year's played out for Ole Miss, and we've rehashed the pitching injuries and stuff like that a million times. There are three guys hitting three ten or better in conference play. Kim got all 350 in SEC play.
0: Yeah, he's really good. And then Cal's really good and Jake's really good. Um Blige's actually been pretty decent too. Um the offense isn't atrocious. It's just not as good as it needed to be when you considered this pitching. Too many holes. Uh, I'll,
1: uh, I'll give you one that maybe encapsulates it. After the trio that we just mentioned, who would you guess leads the team in home runs if you eliminated, those, eliminated Harris, Gonzalez, and Otterman in conference play? So this is SEC play only. Who would you guess is uh, in fourth place home run-wise? Johnson, yay. Yeah, good call. He's got four, and no one else on the team yeah. has more than two.
0: Well, players. and two of them came. I can I can remember his four, kind of. Two of them came Saturday, and then I think he hit two against Georgia.
1: Yeah, they, um, he, he was efficient with his work.
0: Yeah, so. He's yeah. got 10 no, hits
1: the last two series, and it's like, really? <laughs> zapping it now?
0: You know how pissed off he had to be at Calvin Harris Saturday? Just stealing his thunder? He had a four-hit yeah, day it's, Saturday. It's like, buddy, I played two, and they're not talking about me.
1: Yeah, that's uh that that that's probably pretty fair. But that is probably an encapsulation of it, right? It's just such a big drop off. Like Leje's been pretty yeah. good for about a month and a half. But I mean, outside of that, you're just not getting a whole lot from really anybody. Um no, it's bad. Yeah, it it's rough. Um anyway. Uh so that was fun with numbers with the old Miss uh baseball season. Although one of the things that I was looking at it earlier that kind of surprised me, uh Furnace is hitting three eleven in conference play. Wow. I would not have suspected that. 19 hits and 61 at bats. I would have never have guessed that. I don't know why. Probably a product of us not being quite as locked in as I'm sure many listeners are out there. Um, uh, but that's that's pretty nuts. And then just another fun with numbers of baseball. Uh Groff is hitting 232, but has four more hits in conference play than Will Furnace. Riddle me that.
0: Well, he gets to play more. i sure he has a lot more at bats.
1: That is true. He started and played every single game. So Anyway, uh, that was uh, the fun with numbers edition of this week. I don't really have a whole lot of comment on it, other than the fact you don't see twenty to fourteen very often. That um, no, was a football score. That was a football score, and uh, hey, that's gonna. We're are the stat about how they don't score runs on uh, in game threes is now shot out of the water. That will uh, bring yeah, up your game
0: average in game three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now they're 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 safe now. So, yeah, that'll adding twenty to the total will skew that for sure. Yeah,
1: it'd be it's a shame they can't go back and retroactively redispute some of the redistribute some of those, some runs. Of those runs across the other other games. That would probably be helpful. They might have actually won a couple more. There but may I, be nine
0: and fifteen now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, hey, don't let the Rebs get hot. Uh, I don't think they're getting hot. at uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean you brought it up earlier. The worst record he's had is 13 and 17, and that is now mathematically impossible. How many times have we said mathematically impossible when discussing this team's
0: record in the last month? <laughs> a ton. Oh man, they uh, yeah, they gotta get better. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I mean, they, I don't know how they've got to do it, but they uh, they they've gotta get more time. I mean, you gotta go get a catcher. Like, I'm just thinking out, like you gotta get a catcher, you gotta get a first baseman. I think they got to get a shortstop unless they think one of those freshmen can do it. They're bringing in. Um, you better pray Leger's back. Um, do you think he's talking to
1: Tim Simé shortstop? Uh, kind of, I wouldn't no. say it was, but that was just general thought over the last year or so.
0: No, I mean, otherwise he would have played some. It's somewhere. Like, you know, I maybe it's just me, but I don't think you go with, with especially you consider Chatney struggling as much as he did. And then, you know, Leger had his struggles at the beginning of the year. The fact that he's never played um, tells me he's not going to be their shortstop next year.
1: I kind of buy into that with you as well. And that's been another strange uh, thing about this year, uh, not to revert back to the fun with numbers, but just when I was looking it up earlier and writing the very few notes in preparation for this podcast, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the year before everything kind of went to hell. Was that this lineup's probably mostly set, maybe DH. We didn't really know what third base would have, you know, quite shake out to be at the time, but it was like, hey, like this lineup's mostly set, but we thought they might have a chance to have a little bit of depth. And even guys like that, like just not having Tim Sime play at all, um, Garrett Wood has won it back in conference play. This year, yeah. Um, one for one, like there, there's something there's something amiss with the bottom guys that you maybe thought wouldn't contribute but could give you some bench lift. Maybe if you got in a tough spot with injuries, you might still be okay. That kind of bottom portion has not been anywhere. J- John Kramer hasn't really had a role at all like you know what i mean there's something with that bottom third of the contributing roster and conference play that really just never came together at all and i think some of that was reflected in the fact that the guys who were struggling continued to play every single day
0: yeah no they did mike mike stuck with them for a while um you know and obviously i don't did tj start game two or three i know he didn't start game three um so yeah no they 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 Stuck with the guys that, that have done it for a long time and um, you know, just, just not really worked out.
1: No, and he started game one and two, just not game three. That was when they finally okay. kind of uh changed it up a little bit. But that's just been one of the other mysteries among many of this season. The last kind of old miss note, just real quick, we have not I don't think we've done the podcast since it was uh reported that um Hunter Elliott has had uh Tommy John surgery. And uh I again Oh yeah, I was about to say I've been a little out of pocket this weekend. Has there been any sort of I probably should have looked this up, but has there been any sort of clarification on what that is? It doesn't sound like it's like I don't know. It seemed like if you're having it at this point, maybe it's not the full reconstructive. What do you kind of get a read on there?
0: Um, Chase wrote an article about that. I believe it was a I, bet, I believe it was said that he could pitch at some point next year, maybe not in February, but uh, that it maybe not isn't the full Tommy John. I know Mike called it a hybrid surgery. Um, I'm no expert at all when it comes to that, but I don't think it was full on Tommy John.
1: Because if that were the case, you wouldn't see him again in an old miss uniform no. in all likelihood. And that hasn't I'll, like that, that hasn't yeah. really come out at all as true.
0: Yeah, unless you know he decided to come back. But I yeah, no, I, I think he will pitch for the Rebels at some point next year.
1: Do you what, what kind of break would you classify it at this point? Because look. Everyone involved here, I think kind of wanted, the, well, obviously what's best for the kid personally, first sure. and foremost and best with his health. But it just, I don't know. Don't you think if he really, they really thought it, there was any chance that, hey, he might need this surgery or some form of surgery when he first got injured, it probably would have gone ahead and happened. Like, what do you make of it? Do you think it's just one of those things where it's like, I, right, they didn't really know this until after the fact that just, it's very weird how that happened, right? It was like, okay, disaster averted, he doesn't need surgery Um but then he comes back. He only pitches once, and then he kind of goes to, as you Mike alluded to, a hybrid surgery.
0: Just kind of, what do you make of how all of that played out? Um, just kind of, you know, I I don't really know because I don't really know what the doctors are saying, and and you know, from from that area. Um, no, look, I mean, if if as long as it's not full Tommy John, it's you know, you'll take it because it, at that point he's probably going to be back on the mound again at some point for the Rebels. Um, you certainly are going to need him. Um, and it also here, – here's another thing that it does, and, and obviously you don't wish injury on the kid, but you know more than likely he's not going to be ready to go come February, right? Now you know i got to go get a Friday night dude. Like I, I've got to go invest and figure out how I'm going to get a Friday night dude on this campus because the guy that I think is going to be our Friday night dude not going to be ready to go early in the year. So you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you're out recruiting in the portal that you better find somebody that can pitch on Friday night for.
1: Yes, exactly. Like, that's uh, that's kind of what's interesting as we kind of, I guess that's a good kind of putting bow on this looking into next year. Like, if you're trying to, they're clearly going to have to rebuild this roster. They're going to have to go get some guys in the portal. With this news coming out and whatever, yeah, I don't know what the timeline is. Maybe we'll find out a little more at a later date. Like You almost can't make him a core part of your plan for 2024, right? At this point, you just don't really know. Like It it almost is kind of you have to put that on the rear view. However much you get from him seems like a bit of a bonus, but you kind of have to, in terms of roster construction mode, you sort of have to go into it with just like, all right, I've got to replace Hunter Elliott in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got to recruit to replace, not replace him, but understand that he's not going to be especially early um, in his return, the, the Friday night guy that you need him to be. Um, just because of the surgery. So, yeah, you've got to do a really good job in replacing that from a production standpoint for sure. Is
1: anyone on the roster in the weekend rotation when they get to SEC play in
0: 2024? Yeah. Yeah. Either Quinn or Sonja I think will be the Sunday guy. I think but so I'm too. Not, I'm not betting my life on it either. No,
1: I'm not. No, I'm not either. But I just like I don't know how many times have we seen the the struggle the freshman year have a big jump sophomore year? Like I i am not. A, I wouldn't say I would. Like you said, I wouldn't bet my life on it. I don't feel totally confident in that. But that has happened enough times. And they've been they, they've had a good enough track record with developing pitching. And you've seen enough spots with both of those two guys where you've seen it in little small blips that I would leave the possibility for that open and them being productive contributors on the weekend next year. But uh, I don't know. The fact that we're asking the question is kind of indicative of the place that they're in. It's very weird. What would you do with Xavier Rivas?
0: He's gone, isn't he? Isn't he a senior? I don't think so. I think he's got actually a couple years left. Oh, well, if he's back, then, then yes, he's in the rotation. I've been impressed with him. I've, I think he's got a pretty good
1: – yeah, he's a junior. So, I, I don't uh, know.
0: Well, I that's a junior
1: draft. lefty. lefty. Yeah. He's probably gone.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, if he's back, he's certainly in your rotation. I, I, I like that kid. He fights. He's a dog.
1: Yes, he does. I just don't think he's back. I don't know. For whatever reason, I thought he was a sophomore because I think originally I actually thought he was a senior and then that screwed my, me up and now here we are. Yeah, probably <laughs> not back, particularly as a left-hander, but hey, maybe they ca- that would be something that would kind of shift the tide a little bit. Maybe you catch a break with Rivas and he comes back for another year. I don't really know. I wouldn't put a ton of stock into it, but it's it's going to be a fascinating offseason. I had this conversation with Chase and we've had a various iter- iterations of it, but This offseason is going to be fascinating, not just from the standpoint that they lose a lot and you can't repeat what happened this year, but – he's going to have to fundamentally kind of change the way he builds a roster. And I'm curious if he'll be given the resources and how much success he'll have to do it because it's also recruiting in a different way than particularly college baseball coaches have been used to. That piece of all this is going to be fascinating to me is how much success they have in the portal and how much of the success or lack thereof is based on resources and kind of their ability to do what is necessary to go get guys in the portal. And I'm really dancing around the word here, but uh, will they tamper? Because everybody tampers. And that's not really something Mike has ever really had to do. He's a very principled guy. And I mean that in the utmost, like, uh, compliment, as an utmost compliment. But, like, now the game's getting a little dirtier, if that makes sense. And that's going to be a fascinating side plot or subplot to this offseason.
0: Yeah, no, they, 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 look, I don't know the politically correct way to go about doing it, but they, uh, they got to get the portal. They got to get dudes that can play. Like, no doubt about it. Um, otherwise they're going to be terrible again. So, um, no doubt about it. They Whatever, however, they got to get it done. They got to get some cats in here they can play. And, uh, you know, the freshman class they brought in, I think there's some talent in there. But they're not going to fix every need. So, they've got to address some things in the portal for sure.
1: We talked about this at the beginning of the kind of the NIL piece of it, but we was like, all right, now Vanderbilt doesn't rule the roost anymore. Those dorks can have 30 scholarships at Ole Miss and some of these other non-scholarship advantage schools. We'll have an opportunity to replicate that elsewhere. I know it's very young, and then Ole Miss was like playing so deep into the into June last year. It almost served as a bit of a disadvantage while everyone else kind of got a little bit of a head start in the portal there in Hattiesburg, and then there in Omaha. But do you think that's shaken out at all so far? Like, I, I just I don't know. Do you think it's even the playing field with the scholarship advantages or places with lack thereof? Maybe it's too soon to tell, but it's just something I thought about the other night.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're there yet. I think it could, um, but I don't I don't think we're at that point yet, I, and I don't think we're at that point, um, uh, for next year either. So, um, think that it certainly could, think that it'll certainly help. Don't think we're there just yet.
1: Don't you think we'll have a pretty good amount of clarity as to whether that actually yeah. helped a ton or not after this year? This kind of feels like the year,
0: yeah. If almost doesn't sign like you know good players out of the portal, um, then they've got. You know, and I'm not talking about necessarily from a coaching standpoint, unless, you know, they just miss about everybody. Um, but if they don't sign good players, then Ole Miss has, you know, as a fan base has some, some questions Ashley, like, do you actually want to be good at baseball? Because if you do, this is what it takes. Um, so, yeah, just uh, we'll see. I feel like we'll have a good bit of answers after after this year, after this offseason for sure.
1: Yep, and we got about two more weeks. And uh, I don't think they're making Hoover to you.
0: Uh, they've got a shot. I mean, I don't think it's going to be Mississippi State. Um, so it's Missouri or, or Ole Miss just kind of depends. I think I'd bet on Missouri, but I wouldn't be totally shocked.
1: I think I probably would too, but you know, Mizzou just won another series. So did they now actually check out? Do they now
0: just say, actually, we, we <laughs> don't, like, we, we don't want like, to play
1: these last two series. We'd like to end on a high.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Do, do they just, and you know, their kids are probably like, I don't want to go to Hoover want to go home. Do you think that's actually probably a sentiment? No. I mean you, you don't you don't get that um from from division 1 baseball players, but um not Missoula fight. I mean, I think Georgia's a pretty good team. They got to play them. Um, you know, Ole Miss has Auburn. I won't be shocked. I don't think it's going to be Mississippi State just because of the schedule. Um, you know, going to Baton Rouge after LSU loses a series to Auburn, that's going to be really tough and then A&M at the end. Um with A&M playing Kind of for their postseason life in a way, but although th- this weekend helped them for sure. Um, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think so. I've been a little facetious, but um, I do think it, it's Ole Miss in Missouri for that last spot. I think
1: it is too, and they don't uh, obviously hold the tiebreaker. Let's get to the main course yeah. now. As yeah, we talked about this briefly over the weekend a bit. Um, this is absolutely wild to me. This was another story that began to really break in terms of, I think, confirming maybe whatever we had heard and, like, thought. Because um, Bohannon gets fired on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Thursday,
0: Thursday. Thursday.
1: So, that all came out the same day. Man, I had a week last week. That felt like yeah. six days in its own right. So, um, so,
0: it came out on Sunday night that the state of Ohio was no longer going to allow people to bet on Alabama baseball games. And – And Brad's like, well, that's weird. Um, And then I heard Tuesday, and I I obviously can't confirm this, but I sent a few texts to my show. I was like, hey, does this involve any players? And uh, there was a coach. And I'm like, oh, this is about to get bad. So, yeah, and then you roll into Thursday, and the Bohannon, you kind of died down on Wednesday. And then the Bohannon news comes out on Thursday because they're going to play that night. And you knew when you tied the two things together, oh, they took Alabama baseball betting lines off and Brad Bohannon's fired. You put one and one together and it's like, oh, there's a problem. And sure enough, there was a problem.
1: So when that came out on Sunday, I, I had trouble making sense of it. And I think probably what I default to
0: in situations. Oh, wow. Like- we just we just got some news. Holy oh. God.
1: Good timing
0: uh, this or bad timing? The, this, well, it's not Bama. It's Iowa. The University of Iowa announces 26 current athletes across several sports are being investigated in regards to gambling allegations. This is on top of similar announcement at Ohio, at Iowa State. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Th- I'm just going to say this, and I, I want to be very clear. I have no insight into Ole Miss. This is this is going to be a problem at a lot more than just those institutions if people start digging. Okay. Like I I I don't have any insight into players betting and stuff like that. I'm just telling you, if there's 26 of them at the University of Iowa, there's gonna be dudes, dudes, and girls all over the place. Like just logically, that makes sense. 26 student athletes
1: from baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, and wrestling and one full-time employee of UI athletics, but does not include any current
0: or former coaches. Um, Oh, wow. uh, University of Iowa leadership was notified of potential criminal conduct related to sports wagering that also suggested, oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay, so we're not just unpacking this
1: piece of it live. I guess – some, some uh,
0: Somebody did have a good tweet. They said Iowa's offense makes a lot more sense now.
1: That's actually the first thing that popped into my head right after you said that initially. I was like, oh, I actually get it now. This guy was just profiting despite scoring no points. Uh, the son that's the offensive coordinator there, uh, for Brian Ferencz, is it? It's uh, Kirk's son. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so we're kind of digesting some of this live. You got it at Iowa and Iowa State. I know we're playing a guessing game as this is unfolding a little bit in real time as we're doing this podcast. What do you think this is? Do you think it's just college students? Cause they're not allowed to gamble. I don't think. Um, I remember I was not when I worked at uh, it, right. with the Ole Miss athletic department, but like, even if I had been like super into it, like, I don't think it would be one of those things with the, like, no one would ever figured out that like a, a GA was like, uh, well, I say that, I don't know, but it never felt like a huge, like prevalent threat. It wasn't really that big a deal to me, but it, even if it was like, if I was really dying to do it, like it never felt like, Oh, someone's going to come knocking at my door, but sure. now as sports gambling has become more of a part of the mainstream culture or, of the kind of the sports landscape in general, do you think this is just something as simple as like, Oh man, they got all, they got caught with like fan duel accounts. They got caught with like, I don't know, somewhat legal Bookmaking accounts. Like, what what do you make of this? What do you think this is?
0: Yeah. So I think some of it is just dudes placing bets. Like, you know, if you, to be, because I think we need to be clear here. If you are a baseball player at Iowa, you are not allowed to bet. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 99.9% sure I'm right here. If you are a baseball player at the University of Iowa, you are not allowed to bet on the NFL, like, or NBA or anything of that nature. The only thing you can bet on sports-wise is sports that do not are not sanctioned by the NCAA. So boxing, mixed martial arts. I think some of this is just dude have, dudes having accounts and, and betting and you know not necessarily anything nefarious, but it does say that there is criminal conduct involved or possible criminal conduct involved, which is a problem, and which is why those people can't do that. Like you can't bet on sports because if you allowed the point guard from Iowa to bet on the NBA game, well, maybe the shooting guard for Iowa bets against the University of Iowa. How do you regulate that? You know what I mean? Um, so the 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 people that are betting on sports are going to be, while maybe not legally in trouble. um they're going to be in just as much trouble from an NCAA perspective as those that maybe were betting against their own team. So that, uh, this is this is bad. This is really bad.
1: So that's interesting in, in a number of different ways. Uh, I saw a report now. i was I'd read a couple of stories, and I had not seen the criminal conduct note. And again, I, we probably need to have someone way smarter than the two of us on that actually probably sure. knows more about like the litigious piece of this, but like, well, the first thing that came to mind was like, remember Calvin Ridley got suspended cause he'd like played a couple parlays or something and was he sure. was suspended for this past season. That was not obviously criminal conduct, but the criminal conduct distinction is, is interesting to me because I don't think on the surface, again, I'm just speculating here. I'm trying to figure this out and digest it a little bit in real time, but I'm bouncing just a live thought off you here. If that was just dudes having an account and it's like, oh, they're not supposed to be doing this. They got caught. That wouldn't necessarily be criminal conduct. No, no,
0: no. That that what I think happened is there was 26 players. I think maybe two of them are involved in criminal conduct and 24 or not. And I'm giving that as a hypothetical. I would venture to say most of them are not doing anything criminal. They're just doing something that you can't do as a student athlete.
1: But point being, most, not all. So that actually suggests that some portion of the story is a little more dark and nefarious than just guys having accounts.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: This is nuts. Okay. Yeah. Wow, so you got fifteen uh, so, just so, to just, just to somehow do a half-assed job of putting kind of the scope of this together. You have got the Bohannon piece of it, which I want to come back to in just a second. You got twenty-six athletes across various sports at Iowa, and then fifteen student athletes yep. at Iowa State to this point that we know of. Correct.
0: Correct. Oh man, if you're an AD right now, you're 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 calling people in, right? Like we 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 got to know right now. Because if, if – if, and I'm not saying that anybody at Ole Miss is doing this. To my knowledge, they're not. But if I'm Keith Carter, I'm having a discussion with every single student athlete over the next two days.
1: What does that look like? Is it just like a meeting? Like you mentioned calling people in. I mean, yes. I, I agree. You got to do something to cover your bases. But, like, I, I don't know.
0: Like, how I, would that- it, You make sure they understand that this is very, very illegal and you're going to get caught if you're doing it. You just reiterate that. There's a note
1: here in this story from the score, which uh no offense to the score, but a little bit more of an aggregation site than an original reporting site. But it says it is illegal for a person under 21 in Iowa to wager on sports. So that would kind of go to like do you think that's
0: the criminal activity that it's maybe. Maybe that's possible. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Um and which and is like criminal,
1: that's- but that's not like match fixing or that's, anything crazy. No, like that's that. going that's, that's a- going.
0: That's going 85 and a 50. Yes. Um, Wait, which piece if, of it? If if they're just betting, if they're too young to bet and are betting, that's going 85 miles an hour and 50. Like, you know, that's a pretty serious speeding ticket, but I don't, you know. Yeah, I, okay, I
1: see what you're saying now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's still an NCAA issue. It's still, it's still bad. Everybody wants to rag on legalized sports gambling and like oh this never happened with legal when when sports gambling was not legal outside of Vegas I would contend that this was never caught when sports betting was illegal. I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we said this never happened
1: um. Oh yeah, I absolutely I've watched enough documentaries on the uh, La Casa Nostra five families of the mafia to know that that so there's some disconnect there. There's no way this just never happened. There's a guy that still does like a YouTube channel and I want to say like a podcast, and his name's Michael Francis. And I want to say he was in the Gambino or Bonanno crime family, one of the two two those are two of the five crime families in uh in uh in the New York-based mafia. But he tells a lot of stories about like what because he's one of the very few people that's not either not either dead or in prison um, from that kind of peak of the mafia days in the 80s. Um, And he tells stories all the time of like we worked with college athletes. We worked with professional athletes and like that. He makes it sound like it was a hell of a lot more prevalent in his heyday then you know people would like to think or people would like to let on and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle but just to reiterate your point the idea that this never happened when it was illegal is just not true i mean no you had the boston college one that's one of the few public yes. ones that came Arizona out State. so if, yeah exactly so if that's if that's the ones being caught like are you really naive enough to think that oh those are the only two and they were outliers hmm.
0: yeah if I'm an AD at, at any power five institution, especially I'm calling folks in over the next few days. And I'm not saying, Hey, you got to, you got to stitch on yourself, but I'm saying, um, if you're doing this, stop to, you know, it is illegal. Like you can't bet on anything. Just making sure you're aware because I'm sure some of it is just not, um, making that perfectly, perfectly clear, um, you know, to, to student athletes and and they maybe didn't know. um, so, Boy. Brad Bohannon, that one's a little bit more serious.
1: Okay, yeah. So, I want to I'll follow up on one thing you said there. Okay. It's probably not that they literally didn't know. It's kind of what I got back to of, like, when I was a GA or whatever.
0: It's like, all right, it's stated to you, but, like, you don't think it's, but, like, that big of a deal. But, but here, here's the here's the deal, right? Um, you were a GA in, what, 18? Is that right? 17 and 18? Yes, and it's a much different okay. world. Sure, now. sure. Before this, before this was legal, Okay. Um, so you're talking about a Bova or whatever. Okay. But here's the difference when you have a DraftKings account. Okay. I don't have one because I live in Mississippi and that's not legal here, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Actually, I know I am. You got to supply a social security number. There's no way to fake your, you know, unless you're just putting somebody's, somebody else's ID right. Um, you know, and operating under their name because you got to pay taxes on those winnings win big. On DraftKings, guess what you gotta do? You gotta pay taxes. So you're providing your name, you're providing your social security number, and you've got to provide, I'm sure, some sort of proof of ID. So there's no way, like somebody else has your information. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You're having to
1: put so, legitimate information out there. It's not some yeah. random, sketchy offshore site where you open up an account on one of those weird websites and it's like, all right, right. Like that, you know, look, if there's a such thing as being like a little bit incognito, it's that con- like on the Internet in this day and age, it's kind of like that. But to your point, like when you if you're doing it with like a regulated, you know, handicapping Sportsbook, or book yeah. operation, you do have to put down like legitimate information. There's no real faking that toward, oh, yeah, he no
0: has his account. So you're going to get caught if if an investigation happens and it appears that one has. So that's a great way um, to put it. And so like, I'm just curious
1: as we're reacting to this in real time. And, you know, this is a little bit of a random reach, but the way this story's going, my first instinct is this probably doesn't stop here and this is not the end of it. But the last time I really felt like that with a major story that I can recall is the whole FBI college basketball thing where that just felt so different and you don't know exactly where it's going to go next, but you know, something else is going to come to light and it wasn't just the original four dudes that got arrested. You Remember that? Yeah. That was kind of the last yeah, time yeah. I felt this way about a story you know, that
0: was rather unprecedented. I want to be very clear here. Um, yes, you're right. But here's the thing. Okay. The Iowa Gaming Commission or whatever they're called launched an investigation and these kids of names have come up, right? Okay. There's no other state outside of maybe the one that Brad Bohannon's caused that has launched said investigation. The NCAA, to my knowledge, is not starting these investigations, right? I believe it's the states that are starting these investigations. So it's, Yes,
1: the state's gambling commission or whatever. Gambling right.
0: The NCAA is not catching people, if that makes sense. The yes. state is catching people, and by turn, the universities are catching their kids. Um So, you know, at Ole Miss and Mississippi State may be a little bit lucky in that you can't do it um, from your phone in, in the state of Mississippi. Um So, you know. It you know that that's kind of the thing. And here's the thing, and I don't know how this works. Um, but I'm betting if you're an Iowa student athlete, and you log down to FanDuel or whatever, DraftKings, whatever. Um, because you you betting on sports that you don't play is not illegal, it's against NCAA rules. They're not going to stop you, I don't figure, because it's not illegal. Uh, um, you know, you're just losing your scholarship. So, you know, I, I think maybe some schools will be lucky and that they don't have, you know, online wagering. Um, and, and Ole Miss is one of them in Alabama and, and the, and, you know, or Mississippi, I should say, and, and Alabama, the state of Alabama, the state of Florida, I believe, uh, Georgia, but Tennessee does. Um, so if they launch an investigation, who's to say what's going to pop up with Memphis student athletes or Tennessee student athletes or Vanderbilt student athletes? So, um, yeah, this is, this could get interesting. But again, these states have to open investigations before that becomes an actual worry for these places.
1: Right. And you just wonder if these two instances of it being in Ohio and
0: Iowa, like, promptly. But, but, from- but what happened, right, just speaking, and I don't know this, but I'm just maybe using some logic. They had a criminal activity, right? And that's why they opened the investigation. So something criminal would have to be popped up before they investigated um, I would think, or something at least nefarious would pop up before they investigate it. I don't think let me what here's what I'm trying to say. I don't think take Tennessee for example. I don't think the state of Tennessee's gaming commission is going to go investigate because college athletes are betting on sports, because they don't care, because it's not illegal. They're worried about illegal stuff, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, absolutely, but I just wonder—like, does that incentivize other states' gaming commissions to kind of start taking a look? You know what I mean? That's but they I, don't
0: but they don't care. Like, if if I'm the Tennessee Gaming Commission, I don't care if Tennessee's athletes are betting on sports because they're not doing anything illegal. I care if they start betting on themselves or against themselves. That's when I have an issue. Now right. that that's that's probably something that may get investigated. How do you? Um, I heard somebody with the Bohannon thing that – How do you feel about betting on yourself, like betting on your team?
1: Well, I mean, look, like strictly from like a moral standpoint, I guess if you're like betting on yourself and not against yourself, then like there's an element of that that like I guess you don't like. It's not like compromising the integrity of the game per se. But it,
0: but it kind of is. Yes, but it kind of
1: is as well. Like that's the more palatable <laughs> version where you're just like the, you know, the, the the alternate if you're betting against yourself. Like that, that obviously makes it way, way, way worse. Sure, sure, sure. sure. But it's, it still but, should like, not be allowed or should not happen. I don't want to like misconstrue what no. I'm trying to say here. I, I'm not like cool with that. Yeah, these rules are in place for a reason. I'm not cool with it. But that element, if like as stupid as it sounds, like is it for or against you, actually kind of makes a difference in how it's palate, like di- digested and
0: portrayed. Yes, both of them are bad, but one of them's worse. Like, because here's the thing if you're low, you should be able to bet on yourself. Okay, if you're the coach and you bet twenty thousand dollars on your team. Maybe that guy that, you know, has pitched three days in a row and isn't available, you know, most days, maybe all of a sudden he's available today. And maybe now, now when that happens, you've compromised, you know, the integrity of your job. Right. So, no, I'm with you. I don't think you should be able to to do either, Um, which is why these rules are in place. I know that probably athletes are frustrated by the rules. I totally get, like, I don't, you you know me, I don't defend the NCAA on a lot of stuff. I totally get why they don't allow student athletes to gamble in sports, any sports. I get it. I, it, it makes sense. It just does. Yeah, you can't
1: have it. I mean, it's just, I, I get it as well. So, and then just, we're kind of bouncing around here, but the Iowa piece of it, this investigation was spawned by Iowa finding out first. Do I have this correctly?
0: Oh, wow. I haven't seen that.
1: So it said the University of Iowa announced Monday that 26 athletes across five sports, I went through that, and one full-time employee are suspected of wagering on sports in violation of NCAA rules. In addition, Iowa State acknowledged that some of its 15 athletes are suspected of (laughs) violating gambling rules. Iowa said it's received information about 111 individuals, although 26 are. Only 26 are current athletes, and the vast majority are students who are on staff, former athletes, and those with no connection to the athletic department, or those with no connection to the athletic department. Um Iowa said university leadership was notified May 2 of potential criminal conduct related to sports wagering that also suggested possible NCAA violations. So did that in turn spawn the Iowa Gaming Commission investigation or vice versa? This is bad
0: podcasting, but. Yeah, I would. It sounds like it was vice versa. It sounds like no. The
1: the Iowa Gaming Commission confirmed earlier Monday that it is investigating Iowa athletics after the university announced Friday that it withheld athletes from the competition. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's that. Iowa found that out first. Wow. Um, So they went digging on
1: themselves without being prompted.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. So they had information. Yeah, well, they had information. Somebody went to them. Um, oh, yeah, sure. I don't prob- I don't think
1: anyone in the athletic department just woke up and be like, let's see what we can find today.
0: Yeah. So with that, that, that's scary. Well, if you're Iowa, that's scary that somebody else knew you had a problem. Right. And I wonder how, dir- how just best guess,
1: how directly correlated do you think that was to the Alabama thing? I don't. I don't, I really don't at all. Um, because you don't think the too- Alabama story got the wheels in
0: motion of like within mm-hmm. the Iowa athletic department? No, because it sounds like they received information, so somebody sent it to them. Maybe it did. Maybe I'm crazy, but I I, I think regardless of Brad Bohannon, this comes out. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, Is he the biggest idiot on the planet? I know we uh, got a lot of them, but but he's
1: up there. All right, so let's get back to that piece of it as we just kind of bounced around here for 25 minutes on this story. I want to get back to the original piece of it. So – That information comes out that the Iowa game or excuse me, Ohio Gaming Commission had like ceased taking wagers or on any game involving Alabama baseball. Um, I was uh, I kind of going back to the instincts here. I had never really heard of something like that, really hadn't seen it come out in any sort of mainstream media in quite a while. And then you had those couple days in between before they fire him on Thursday, but there was no part of me that thought it was a nothing burger. I thought it was strange and foreign enough that I was like, okay, something weird is here. I don't know if it all comes out. I don't necessarily know which direction it goes or what comes of it, but it definitely did not feel like a nothing burger. It definitely did not feel like, like I saw some people trying to frame it as like, oh, Alabama's starter got scratched late betting on college baseball is a little more weird than some of these other kind of more public sports that receive more coverage and more publicity. Like, oh, this happens, you know, all the time. Like maybe someone just got information and then they did it. I don't really know. Point being, I never really felt like, okay, this is nothing here. And then that news comes out on Thursday that Alabama has fired Brad Bohannon. They were vague in the statement and why they fired him, but at the same time, it was not really vague at all. They gave the whole like failure to uphold the expectations and standards of Alabama University employees, all that stuff. So then it comes out that he was apparently in direct contact with someone that, and it's a, it's a sports book right by the Red Stadium. I think, ironically enough, it's yeah. in Rose Way. Uh, well, what a just an absolute poetic uh, note in that story. Yeah, that's
0: special. Yeah, that's special.
1: That he's had direct communication with someone who was placing those bets at the sports book. My first question is, and again, I've asked you to guess on like the last six things I've asked you. How do you figure video surveillance proved that they they knew the person wagering was in contact with Brad Bohannon? Like, how do you think that
0: worked? Um. Okay. So I think that just football. Um. Some. All right. This is this is not sourced at all, but just reading from some. Timelines, like, I think – here's what I think. Of. I think somebody went into the casino by the Red Stadium and placed a very large uh, bet. Let's just say $100,000. Okay. Um, and he places the bet. And I don't know if this happened before the first pitch or after the game was over, whatever. Um, And everybody wants to talk about the money line. Everybody wants to talk about the money line, LSU minus 245. Apparently you can bet on spreads. I, I've i not bet on college baseball. I don't plan to, but apparently you can bet on spreads because I saw this today. Um somebody took a photo and made this exact point on the Twitter. Uh I guess it was Sunday. You can apparently bet on spreads. So my man could have bet on LSU minus one and a half, right? Um, which still would have won. Um because everybody's like, oh, they lose they Yeah. Everybody's like, Oh, it's a minus two forty five money line. Um, well, apparently you don't necessarily have to bet on that. What it appeared as on Twitter. Um, so I think he placed a large bet. I think after the bet one or after it could have just been after he placed said large bet, because, you know, apparently that people, I was reading that people don't normally bet heavy amounts on college baseball. Um, they said, oh, let's look at this guy. And they look at him. He's on the phone. Um, they figure out who he is, because obviously to play said bet, you've got to have some sort of identification um they figure out oh okay who's this guy well the you know their sensors go off oh he placed a hundred thousand dollars on alabama let's investigate oh he's on the phone well let's just see who he's on the phone with you can do that you can you can get and and then alabama starts their own investigation and alabama sees oh our guy at the same time that this guy is placing the bet is on the phone with somebody from cincinnati ohio this is a problem. Um, and I'll be completely and totally honest, I bet casino cameras are in so like how ha- are so 4K that they can zoom in enough on your phone and be able to see who you're talking to and what you're texting and who you're and, and if you're FaceTiming or if you're on the phone, be able to see names. Um I don't have any sourced information on that, but that that's how I think that went down.
1: I fall pretty much perfectly in line with that too. That's what I was getting at next when I originally asked the question was I know those cameras are very 4K. They can zoom in. Those things aren't built on losses that if you want to talk about tight security uh, in any element of this country, it is certainly at casinos with wagering, whether it's poker, whatever else. That made me think of, and this gets into like the, uh, I'll call it like the shady, dumb side of it. How dumb do you have to be to be walking on the casino premises? You're about to place that bet and you're in communication with the head man of one of the teams involved. Just doesn't seem very smart. Um, Another no. shady aspect of it that's really just, you know, kind of, I would say, in the moral mud of this, not really like a main point of this, but just the sheer stupidity on top of the Ill- illegality of all of it is that was my next thought was, hey, like, if those cameras can zoom in, like, is this guy dumb enough to be sitting there on the property and in front of the cameras, like texting someone that's Brad and they could zoom in and just see it just says Brad H., on the iphone (laughs) iMessage app like how dumb do you have to be if that's the case that was where immediately where my, my mind went to maybe it was retroactive and they figured out it was a phone call doesn't really make it much smarter but man that just seems very obviously dumb on top of the fact that college baseball probably not seen a ton of action at legal sports books all the time. So if you place a gigantic wager on one game, that's probably going to raise some red flags in its own yes. right because they don't that's receive the of action on. So it's like, hey man, what do you do? Like, what what are you doing? Why why? I, how did you think this was going to go? How did you right. think you might right. get away with? Right.
0: If me and you walk in, does almost play tomorrow? Let's see. Does almost play baseball tomorrow? We should probably know this, but I don't. Um, but I, but I have but I have a reason to say this. If if Ole Miss were to play Arkansas State tomorrow, and I don't know if they do or not, I'm trying to see if they have a midweek game. They, don't not, think they do not. They do that finals week before graduation. Finals week. Okay, so they play. All right, whatever. Me and you walk into name a casino in Tunica. I've I've not been to Tunica in a long time. Um, Sam's Club. Okay, we walk into Sam's Club, and me and you both put fifty thousand dollars on the Ole Miss Rebels. To beat the University of Auburn, I promise you, we will be investigated. Yes. Like, there would be nothing nefarious. I promise you, we will be investigated. We go in and put $50,000 on freaking Oklahoma baseball. We will be investigated. It's just that you can't put that, that, uh, what, and I don't, I've not heard any rumors about the figure, but you can't put an inordinate amount of money on a college baseball game and think that nothing is going to happen. That's just not how it works. Yes. I mean, the first thing I'd want to do is
1: investigate you and beg, where'd you get $50,000? Because <laughs> I don't think I would actually, if I drained every asset I own, would I? Would, would I? <laughs> Would have that, so I'd actually like to investigate you. But to your point, it is a good point. Like it's like what, what, what? I don't know, man. Be if you're really trying to do this skeezy activity, love, maybe be a little more subtle about it. Uh again, I get in your, the weeds of just maybe being.
0: get your five hundred dollars and and go have a good night. Nobody would have cared if you'd have just won your five hundred bucks or whatever. Yes, yeah, well, there's like, no way honestly. That wouldn't was it be smarter
1: at that point to do it illegally? Yeah. As up as that sounds?
0: Well, okay conspiracy theory don't have any insight here maybe, maybe they were and maybe they were told to stop
1: and so they went you know the, I mean? their reaction was to not stop and go the legal route yeah like oh and well that is intelligence i'm not i'm not
0: i'm not i'm not no i know
1: it, this is just just hypothetical but like,
0: i'm just saying if i'm committing um you know insider trading with uh regards to sports gambling. Like I'm not going to my first stop is not going to be the you know the casino at the red stadium. The Beau Rivage. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not going there first. Um so, you know, just hypothetically putting that out in the world. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. And again, I have no insight to the University of Alabama's uh sports gambling scandal. Um I do wonder if the University of Alabama's athletics department is going to, you know, like survive. Good God!
1: Uh yeah. Talk about a crazy few months with that one. I mean, they will survive as long as Nicholas Saban uh, has anything to say <laughs> about it. But it's it is a weird look. The other piece of it is something you brought up earlier. Uh, I think those that that money line or whatever it was was placed on LSU. Uh, Brad Bohan is not coach for LSU.
0: No, no, he's he for the
1: Alabama Crimson Tide, the team that I, lost, the team
0: that was the uh, that was bet against that night. I have a uh, opinion. He did not intentionally try to lose the game. I, I, I look, he may go to federal prison. I don't know. I don't think he necessarily because if he's gonna coach to lose the game, why are they coming back in the in the bottom or the top of the eighth and the top of the ninth inning? You know, yeah, what no, I mean? no. I'm I'm definitely with you there. And it also just wouldn't make <laughs> sense. There's no way he's making
1: this amount of money on it where it's like he does have a day job that he, I guess, stupidly thought he could cover up and keep throughout all that. But you know what I mean? Like that just wouldn't that doesn't followed the logic test despite there being a serious lack of logic throughout this whole operation. I agree.
0: I think, man, I honest to God just think that the dude I, – look, I think the, the guy is obviously not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. I figure what happened was in all reality he just called a buddy and said, hey, about to scratch my starting pitcher, um, just let you know, and old buddy went into the casino and placed a bet on it. Um, and he was like, "Hey, you know, if you want to get some action before, know, I think he was stupid enough to say that. Probably, if you want to get some action before it comes out, I am going to scratch for starting pitcher. Um, I'm not sure there was some elaborate scheme. Maybe there is. I don't know. Um, but you know, if there is, I assure you, we're going to find out because they are uh, they are on top of this.
1: Okay. So counterpoint to that is, if you're about to scratch your starting pitcher that late before a game. Why do you have an inkling to grab your phone less than a couple hours before the game and text a buddy? Sorry. And that buddy just happens to be where he is and ready to place what again has been reported as, quote, a large wager on the university of or on LSU who is playing the University of Alabama. Like this that yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. Part yeah. of me think like, right. like
0: You're right. Yeah, now now I've changed my mind. Yeah, you're probably right.
1: But I don't disagree with like the piece that the the I don't think he maybe is necessarily intentionally like trying to lose the game. I I don't have any insight into that. and I don't think that piece of it makes any sense. But I just think the idea that this is a random coincidence and he texted the wrong person that 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 also does not seem to add up like that. That makes me what I default to is like, is this more nefarious or less nefarious than I think it is? I would go more nefarious because that just doesn't really add up
0: at all. It's hard to lose baseball games on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're just not not... playing. Yeah, like, it's really hard to, like, what are you going to do? Not play your best dudes? Well, all of a sudden they start getting hits, and, you know, what you do is start pinch hitting for them. Um, I don't know. It's, boy, this is going to be, I don't think we've heard the last of this. I'll say that. Like, I don't think that the last draw is Brad Bohanning being fired. Like there, it's either going to come out that you know it was just a big mix-up, or if it's not just some big mix-up where he just texted a buddy and and his buddy's such a big degenerate that he went and bet on it, um, then Brad is going to have a lot of explaining to do to people beyond the University of Alabama.
1: Uh yeah, absolutely. That would lead me to think that it's not just a viol like potentially a violation of NCA violations yeah, or yeah. yeah. Like like a, violation that, that would bring in law. I would say that would that would involve the feds or whatever state level, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And just the lateness of it all. It's a late scratch and it happens in that short amount of time.
0: Mm. So all right, I'm asking, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, your mom's a lawyer, so I'll ask you. You you should probably know the law, right? All right. Is it illegal for Brad Bohannon to text somebody that he's about to scratch his starting pitcher? Is that okay. illegal?
1: Okay, I'll just start off by saying I did not get the law of brain. That's why we're part-time podcasting over here. <laughs> I I would guess on the surface if you're just talking about anybody, I would guess right. no. But okay. my next question would be why did you text that person?
0: Sure. Sure, sure, put sure. it out media release.
1: So- what what do you need to tell
0: people for? I guess what I'm getting at is is they're going to have to draw the connection that he texted him knowing that this guy was going to take it and run with it to a casino. And maybe they can. I, you know, I'm not saying they can. I'm just saying it's not illegal for him to tell him that he's starting a scra- or he's scratching a starting pitcher. He they're going to have to prove that they that that he told him that knowing the guy was going to do something nefarious with that info. Um no. OK,
1: so to follow that up, if you're a wagering man, just to bring just this entire thing full circle and how convoluted it is, would you guess that this was just some random coincidence and he got real bad luck? Or would you guess that he probably knew where the fellow was, if nothing else? He.
0: OK, I'm just going to put it like this. Now, you you've convinced me that my initial take was wrong. I know my friends that bet on sports. You know what I mean? Like, I know if somebody that I'm talking to bets on sports. Um. Yeah, there's no way that guy didn't know. Now that I'm yeah, saying, if, this out if loud, you were a huge there's...
1: degenerate, and I was the coach <laughs> yeah. of a game, like a a, a a college sports team, and I texted you information about that that late before the game started, like I didn't just do that because we're friendly. It's like, hey, man, I thought you want to know this. Like, yeah, I, I'd probably have a, a halfway decent idea of what and, you would be and doing. What is that and what is why this guy? You.
0: And why does this guy in Cincinnati, Ohio care that Alabama's scratching their starting pitcher? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if he's just texting him, why is I've, – I've now convinced myself that my first take was idiotic. Um, yeah, why why are they – why does the guy in Cincinnati, Ohio care that Alabama's scratching their starting pitcher? He doesn't. He doesn't care. Do you know um, where Brad
1: Bohannon been? 11 years as an assistant?
0: I don't. I mean, Auburn, he was at Auburn before this, but I don't know where he was before that. Kentucky. Ooh, ooh, that's not good. Ooh, ooh, that's, that's bad. Do you that's know how
1: far Lexi Kentucky is to Cincinnati? Because I'm acutely aware of this I can tell week.
0: you this. I, I, I an hour don't, ten minutes, I,
1: tops. I was
0: going to say, I knew Cincinnati was very close to Louisville. I'm not good at Kentucky geography. But I knew it was close to that's that's bad. Look, at that's I just, that's putting one and one together, and you don't officially have an answer. But ooh, that's not a good look because you you involve former high school baseball coach. He's an assistant coach, recruiting all that. Ge- ooh, buddy. So, not great.
1: as a expert in uh, northern Kentucky, southern Ohio geography. Uh, you take I believe it's I sixty five, maybe it's seventy one to Louisville. It's about an hour. Red Stripway team is there, pretty straight line. You draw a slightly straighter line, but that's about I would say like I don't know if I'm just looking at a map, maybe like a half inch further down to the southeast. Uh, which would be, I guess I 75 and you get Lexington and it goes straight to Cincinnati. It is not a far drive. It is an hour and 19 minutes. I think it's like 80 miles. I'm actually about to look this up. Oh, 82 miles. Uh, it's oh, it's close. And I don't know what Kentucky's rules are on the sports wagering thing, but you just, you went into Ohio right across the river. I do know this, the uh, Cincinnati airport is technically Kentucky. That line's right there, that river, or whatever it is that's behind the red stadium that's the crossing of the state lines. Like that that just was a happy accident that, that man was on a not a Friday cruise from from Lexington to Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: Oh, buddy. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's. Wow, that uh man, that's not good. That's not good at all.
1: How much do you think this comes out? What do you mean? Like how much like how much detail do you think we'll know about
0: all of this? Oh, I think we'll know everything. I think we'll know everything. I do. I think I lean that way too. I think we'll so, everything, and and hopefully it's not as bad as it looks. But man, it looks bad.
1: Yeah, I just hope for the sake of like.
0: I'm going to give some. You know, I know, I know the odds that somebody that plays or coaches college sports not listening to this. Um, don't gamble on anything ever. Like, don't even go to the casino. I'm, I'm just don't, just don't. They're they're going to catch you every single time. You know, like. Just, just, just stay out Find You know, go, go to the bar, go, go walk your dog, go on a run. I don't know, but stay out of the casino. And not to be this guy,
1: wouldn't it make a little more sense if this was like a volunteer assistant or someone who doesn't get paid that well? Sure.
0: It gets paid. Okay. It makes 500 K a year. That's more than I make. It's more than I make. It's probably more than both of us make combined. I would say Um, no,
1: probably about that one. Um, (laughs) I'm not even sure we'd scratch the halfway point there. Uh, so like, <laughs> why are you doing this, man? You, you have a nice life. Like, you know I mean, I kind of like Brad Bohannon. He was kind of the free yeah. dealer that was just like, I'm going to start picking on these other programs that have had more success than us and just call them out for NIL and stuff like that. I kind of like more, this guy. Like, what's more likely? Uh, I say like with Bro- the ED
0: now. Uh, I don't know how to feel about our man Brad at this point. What's more likely? Brad Bohannon coaches another college baseball game. Or Brad Bohannon goes to federal prison.
1: Oh man, I I hate to be like the I, 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 is presented as a binary choice. It's the latter because there's even if this turned so. out best case scenario, I don't think he gets hired in college sports again. You this can. is a this is a scarlet letter of a different degree. Dude, they would fire Nick Saban for this. Yes. A hundred percent, man. Look, it's one thing. It's like, look, he was paying recruits like oh, he's the millionth dude that's done that. All right. He should go through the walk of shame, go be an assistant, have some media, uh, you know, friend that works in media write a story about how much he's learned boom back in college coaching. This is a whole nother ball game. Like this is, this is not something you scrub through a PR tour two years after the fact is time healing all wounds. I, I don't think he ever coaches again, just a guess. So that wouldn't make my default answer. The fact that he goes to federal prison. I don't know if he actually goes to prison. I don't know anything. I don't either. I just find the fact that he coaches again. So unlikely I'd have to default to the other option.
0: Like this is, this is the, this is the unforgivable sin within coaching. Like, like this is it, you know, you can do a lot of stuff um, from an NCAA perspective and nobody cares. This is the one thing you can't do. And um Man, it's is it's it's a terrible look, terrible, terrible look. I just, I the reason I said what I said initially about maybe he just texted a friend. I just struggle to believe somebody is this stupid. Like, like through <laughs> yes. this whole saga, yes. I believe, I've I've been like, surely he is not this dumb. And every turn, it looks like, oh my god, he's this dumb. I know that. So that's the
1: that that's a perfect way to put it because when you mentioned earlier, it's like, all right, now you like you're like, you've proved me wrong. Like you've made me change my original take. I wanted to believe that the the way you believed it uh like initially but if you actually do any sort of thought exercise of okay why would this have happened why would this have happened is there any sort of like plausible deniability or the fact that this is a misunderstanding guess what doesn't pass the logic test any of yeah. that you know what i yeah, mean but right. it's it's rooted in the fact that it's like surely this guy's not this dumb but then i would just go back to the fact that well his buddy they 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 know each other well enough to have each other's phone numbers saved is sitting in a Dude, casino no communicating way, no with way. you about it. Did so he if he's that one? dumb, do they just run in packs? Look, me and my friends aren't the smartest guys in the world, but if we were into this kind of shady business, I would like to think we'd be a little more subtle about it. Not that that would ever happen, but you get my point. I don't. Dude. I don't like with the smartest group on earth, but I think even some of my friends, if we were in some sort of situation like this, would be like, "Hey, this seems dumb. Should we do it another way, or just not do this?"
0: Bro, did he do this on a work phone?
1: Oh, that, I don't know. That kind of gets back into the retroactive piece of it. Did the gambling, like, did they get pictures of it because of the 4K cameras? Or did were they able to go to Alabama and be like, can we see your university cell phone records?
0: Oh, my God, if he did this on a work phone.
1: Well, it could be worse. He could be calling massage parlors. Is that, hold on.
0: Is that worse? You don't go to federal prison for one of those.
1: No, no, it is definitely not worse. I was being halfway facetious, but the both I would put it in the same category of dumb. No, that is definitely not worse.
0: Um and I would honestly argue it's dumber. Reason's this was on work, Phone. Well,
1: who had better security cameras? You know, Monsvinus <laughs> Us in Tampa or this casino? I'm gonna go with the casino.
0: That sounded re- <laughs> That sounded real detailed. I mean That sounded great. It, was- really, it sounded like you knew something.
1: Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I'll let the listeners decide. But, like, yes, it's absolutely worse. Like, it's just – there's. I don't know. We could do this all night. There's so many layers to it. Let's zoom out to, like, a 10,000-foot view slightly. You mentioned it earlier. I kind of deviated away from it because I had five more questions to throw at you about the situation itself. Weird couple months for Alabama athletics. I imagine if you're Greg Bird, you got to be looking around at the people on your support staff and being like – what the hell is going on here? Like, <laughs> didn't one of them just get arrested for domestic
0: violence, too? Like, the deputy AD or something?
1: Yes, so that that's that's like the fourth weirdest thing that's happened there. And I don't mean to make light of the very serious situation like domestic violence, but you don't see that taking up a ton of headlines anymore because of everything else that's gone on. It's, 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 I mean, I always joked about the lack of institutional control. Well, what is this? What is this worth witnessing? What would you term that as?
0: Man, this uh, boy, this is something. This is uh, it's about as bad as it can get, man. Um, from a if you're it, look, obviously everything's gonna be fine because Nick Saban's still the football coach, but it uh, it's as bad as it can get from an optics standpoint.
1: If you had to take a guess of like, hey, if I told you whenever all this kind of sports, the legalization of sports gambling really started to take shape in a lot of states. And if I told you back whenever that was, let's just randomly call it 2019. Cause I remember doing a remote at the sports book in, uh, in, uh, Philly, uh, for super talk, right. When it first opened, very cool event, very cool place. So that around that time, if I told you in 2023, Hey, there's going to be some weird scandal in college sports regarding betting and it becoming more pervasive and student athletes being involved. What would your first guess have been? Mine would have been like, I don't know, maybe like, Hopefully they're not dumb enough as high profile as college football is. I would have been like I don't know mid major basketball program. I don't think yeah. baseball would be the first place I went.
0: Yeah, that felt like real Akron basketbally. That's yeah, I, that's, that's what a I good
1: like. one. Matching getting weird like Miami of yeah. Ohio, a lot of skeezy characters in a in the matching. I don't know. That would have been my first guess.
0: But here's the thing, like with this nowadays, you're you're going to get caught. You know, if 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 we're talking about point shaving, it people catch on because. Like Tim Donahue, for example, I think most people know who that is. everybody started to figure out like who he was betting on and who he was betting against. Um, you know, so you're gonna get caught doing this when you don't cover you know nine games in a row or whatever because it's a flip of a coin um, but no, um, college baseball would not have been my my first guess. It's interesting you bring up the Donahue piece
1: of it. I was on a long drive about two years ago, and I listened to like a six seven part podcast where these group of guys, kind of your off kind of hipster podcast that made it pretty big because they had a they got basically got Tim Donahue to talk. I listened to the entirety of that podcast with very great interest. It was very well done production. Um, I wish I had the name of it, but I just don't. Um, and there were pieces like I don't, would I be stupid to believe every single thing that Tim Donahue says. Yeah, of course. don't think that guy's the straightest shooter of all time. Yeah, But it goes back to what you're talking about. Like, did this ever happen when it was illegal? Like, you had these rare instances. What are the odds those are as rare as we think they are, and they're the only ones? I don't believe everything Donahue says, but I left that podcast, and when you read everything else about it, the odds that that guy was just some lone rogue actor and literally nothing else has ever happened with NBA officials or had happened... That's really a Pollyanna viewpoint of things. You know what I mean?
0: For the record, um, your podcast name was the whistleblower.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Great call.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to I'm, the guys I'm...
1: that made the whistleblower. It was very good. They got Donahue to talk. I, they outlined actually in the podcast how they did it. And uh it was a great, great podcast. Um, but again, like okay, you just really like you're honestly if you think that's the only time that's ever happened and no NBA official at any point in history, maybe dipped his toes in that water. That feels like a very, very positive outlook. If you're trying to, you know, protect the integrity of the NBA. I don't think it happens now. Cause I think they got caught with their pants down on the whole thing. And there's just too much at stake now. I don't think you could really get away with it, but the odds are that that never really happened. And you know what the crux of that story, as we get off into a real rabbit hole, you know what the crux of that story was of the NBA, like very, very rapidly, David Stern negotiated and finalized a new TV rights deal before yeah. that story kind of went out. And then yep. it wasn't supposed to come out and someone leaked it. And basically the crux of it is, did the NBA leak it after the fact? And the way the podcast presents it, it's like, I don't know how else you would think anyone else did it. Because the FBI and all kind like it was basically about to be a much more expounded investigation. It got made public. Someone leaked it and it just kind of went off the rails from there. Basically the fact that they leaked it duh, prevented anyone else in the FBI from digging in deeper. There's I'm butchering it to some degree, but there was an FBI former FBI agent that's on the podcast this. that it it basically the way he framed it was like it ruined everything when it went public. It ruined our
0: investigation. Um, yeah, because the people that they didn't want, you know, to know now know. Um yeah no and, th- and there's a there's a Netflix documentary on Donahue as well that's really well done um yeah no that's uh and I, if I so the the long time conspiracy theory is what the o2 Western Conference finals game six like yeah that, uh, that,
1: Warriors uh, not Warriors uh King's
0: King's Lakers uh, that absolutely look fixed yeah and and another one two years that later fixed. that doesn't
1: get as much pub that's apparently worse and I can't remember which game it was.
0: Yeah. And I don't look, I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything, but I don't have any doubt that that game was, they told them to get that to a game seven. I don't doubt that happened. I I don't, maybe not today, but I don't doubt that's happened recently where it's like, Hey, it'd be really cool if we had a game seven.
1: No, there's a couple officials that they call them Mister Series Extender. <laughs> like the NBA <laughs> does that for ratings. Like, is that there's a fine line between that and like you know fixing the, sure. of the games as a referee? But yeah, do you sure. think the NBA is, You think the NBA wants every series in the playoffs to be a sweep? I beg to differ. <laughs> they like money. Yes. So do the owners. So does everybody involved. So yes, I yeah. would agree. So I don't know. What a crazy story! And I don't think we've heard the last of it um, by any stretch of the imagination but uh man i guess last thing on that i want to take a tiny quick look at the sec before we get out of here as we do as tradition every week what'd you do if you're an alabama player
0: how do you respond to news like that um now that he's gone i played really really hard um because now you're like wondering did this guy you're well you're questioning every decision he's ever made right that would be my
1: default. I'd be like, okay, well, what? Why did any decision that's ever been made in the last 12 months or help? I don't know further than that. Like, I would
0: question everything. Yeah. So now I'm just playing really, really hard because screw this guy.
1: They took two or three from Vandy this weekend. Hmm.
0: Yeah. That's odd,
1: isn't it? That is odd. And I guess if there's a, I mean, this sounds stupid because they probably, the way it seems like now with the information we had, had no. Probably no idea, sure. probably. I had no idea this is going on, but it is kind of like if you want to find a weird, screwed up silver lining and all this, I'm glad that it didn't come out like two days later that it's like, oh, we need to be five Alabama pitchers and three hitters involved in this thing, oh, you know what I mean? At least it's God. not that.
0: Yeah, no, that's that would be problematic. And then, thank God it looks like there's no players involved. And I would bet for 99% of college athletic departments, there's not players involved. But, man, this makes you at least – question it if you're an athletic director, right?
1: It makes you question absolutely everything. And I maybe I'm just going full conspiracy on all this, but like what happens the next time a major athlete in a major program gets a team rules uh dismissal from a program. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. does your mind that's, not that's just exactly. go there naturally as a big consp- yeah. we all love conspiracies whether we want to admit it or not. Does your mind ever go there?
0: So kind of would. yeah unless there's like an accompanying arrest with it. Yeah absolutely that's where it goes. Man, what a time well, of college did, athletics! Uh, did, I don't. My mind didn't go there with Chris Marshall. I will say
1: that. No, it di- it didn't. Mine didn't either. Now, granted, I got that news at six o'clock on a Saturday as I was about to go to a Calcutta party, but uh, I didn't think too long and hard about it. But my mind has not gone there since. I, that's not what I was suggesting, and I know like I, you weren't insinuating that either. <laughs> I just that 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 would be the one exception. Maybe it doesn't happen like that. Maybe. <laughs> This is, ends up being a couple of like isolated screw-ups where it's like, hey, man, we're more serious about this now that it's legal. You can't have accounts. You can't do any of this. And it's yeah. not some elaborate match-fixing or game-fixing scheme. I would hope that's the case. But what a bizarre, bizarre few days in the world of college athletics with college baseball, of all things, at the
0: center. Yeah, absolutely nuts.
1: All right, let's take a quick look around the SEC before I keep you here all night. Um... Where do we start there? I'll, we'll throw you a bone to cheer you up a little bit. Mississippi State, things aren't going well. Uh, I saw my friend, former colleague, Brian Haydad, he put out a podcast. He puts one out about five, six days a week, pretty much every day. And I believe the one he put out on social media to say today, excuse me, said, there's nothing left to say about Mississippi hate baseball. <laughs> Which seems mean, yeah.
0: Um, They fired Fox Hall. That. Probably tells me that he gets another year, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And you may know more than me on this, but man, it just it just looks bad. It it I mean, none of the games are really overly competitive. It looks re- and I know Ole Miss looks bad. I get it, but there's a touch more track record with Mike Bianco as well. Um, man, it looks really really bad right now.
1: They have been
0: in their last four
1: SEC games. I don't think they played a midweek last week. They have been outscored 44 to 12. Ooh. And that goes to 56 to 20. If you want to count the four run loss on Friday in game two of that series. Um, all right. I, I think he gets another year, but we talked about the optics of it. Like remember when they beat Ole Miss and back into that series. And I was like, all right, like, that's a feather in his cap, whether people want to admit it or not. And if they can finish halfway decent, and even if they don't make the NCAA tournament, he gets another year. But they've lost six SEC games in a row. They're going to Baton Rouge before a home series against AM that's going to be a very important series for AM to close out the year. I mean, what is what happens if they lose out? Like, how do you, how do you, I don't want to say how do you bring him back after that point. I know the rational argument to bring him back and like why that would be a palatable or, accepted move even if people didn't like it but man that just seems harder and harder to believe by the day if it continues to bottom out this way how, how do you reverse course to where you sell the end of it is hey this wasn't what we wanted but let's well, give it one more year it feels like it's slipping out of control in that Well, I,
0: okay so here's my thing don't you have to make the decision now because is all right is six and 24 let's just say they don't win another game is six and 24 that much worse than nine and twenty one. It's still not winning ten SEC games. It's still not making the SEC tournament. It's still not making the NCAA tournament. I guess my question is like, you either know the decision now or you don't. You know what I mean? Like, is this acceptable or is it not? I think you've you've already made your decision. I don't think anything that happens over the next six games is going to make you make this decision any different. If that makes sense.
1: I agree. Just For, I think the one wild card element of it just is a new AD not really an SEC AD granted his program did go or the program at yeah. the school worked for play for national title last year. Like, but the, I don't, at the end of the day, I also don't think that it's going to take him long to realize that that is a very passionate fan base that has invested a lot in college baseball and that like, Hey, this is not some casual decision. And Hey, it's just baseball we extend him next year. I feel like he's probably already gotten his, uh, is, is earful of that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like the decision one way or the other has already been made. Um, And I will say, now that I've said that out loud, I think the firing of Fox Hall probably tells you what the decision is. Uh Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into that. But, yeah, I think he probably gets another year. But, man, I won't be shocked if he doesn't. Yep, I'm with you there, too. A&M takes two or three
1: from Florida. The last game ends on a walk-off balk. That felt like a pretty big series win for the Aggies.
0: Uh, yeah, I hate that for Kellen O'Sullivan.
1: How about Ole Miss winning a series against Georgia, and then Georgia takes two or three from Tennessee? Tennessee's not
0: good, not good. No, they're not. They're, they're a, a decent two seed. Yeah, I'd say average at best. I have a I have an opinion about a team that is really really good, but I have a hot take. The LSU Tigers will not make the College World Series. Ooh, okay, why? Evans ten ERA when Paul Skeens doesn't pitch. Last I checked, he cannot pitch every game of a regional and of the super regional. I guess maybe he could. I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, I think at some point either he's going to get got or the pitching is so bad outside of him that it's just not going to work out. Maybe I'm crazy. But the last two number one overall seeds did not make the College World Series. Maybe three. I'm not totally sure. Um yeah, I'm, I, I don't think they're going to make that. Yeah, I think it actually is three. I don't think they're going to make the College World Series.
1: Well, you said he can't pitch every game in the postseason, but my counterpoint: Kevin Copps.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, he, Keith Law, Keith Law near still.
1: <laughs> but Keith Law was mad at Ole Miss.
0: Yeah, because Doug McKezy threw an inning. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I could go on so many national media rants, but we don't have time for that today. How about your Kentucky Wildcats? Not only have they submitted so their and fate, they're now back in the hosting discussion again. They swept line Carolina,
0: fourteen and ten, baby. They have the number one overall RPI. We're talking about a national seed in Lexington, buddy.
1: What do you think number they got? One, they
0: got to get to sixteen to host. Sixteen to host. I think seventeen. You start talking about a national seed. Now they're 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 finished stuff.
1: But you got three weeks or two weeks, excuse me, two weekends to get three games. That That's yeah. palatable. It's doable. It's doable.
0: Yeah. And then you got the tournament. Um, Number one overall R- RPI and 17 wins should get you a national seat.
1: You know, Ole Miss at the beginning of the year before we figured out just how bad this was going to crater was like a weird example of just how like long but short the college, the conference portion of the college baseball season is. In terms of like, man, if you just don't get swept or you sweep a couple times, that can radically change your season. We've talked about Kentucky hosting, Kentucky maybe being a national seed. Does Kentucky make the NCAA tournament back to Kentucky being a national seed again?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the man. You sweep and it changes everything because, you know, one game decides so much. Well, you win three of them and it changes everything. That's why it's an awesome sport. How about I just throw that out there? That's why it's a ton of fun. I love this sport. That's why that's why preferral must be good at it.
1: No kidding. And there's now it's separation now. There's three real bad teams in this league and a bunch of average ones. Honestly, there's a world, and I don't know if Georgia actually makes it, but there's a world where the three bad teams we're talking about, Missoula Miss Mississippi State, are the only teams that one of them has to make Hoover, but those might be the only three teams that do not make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think that think we're in that world for sure. Georgia 10 and 14. Getting- I don't know what their RPI is off the top of my head, but they they got work to do where the other ones feel like all right they're in. Like I think AM and Auburn get in.
0: do, two. I think Bama gets in. Um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um because yeah, like you said, it's gonna be eleven teams in the in the tournament and three likely not. Butch Thompson. You
1: we talked about this slightly earlier, but Best coach in the sport. Yeah, I don't like if, if if I told you it was like I right, Butch Thompson in late May, his back's up against the wall. He's got a top ten team coming in, but uh, we're actually going to give him a bunch of seventh graders. Would you still bet on him to win two out of three? No, I would not bet on anything regarding college baseball. Oh, um, that there's one lesson in this podcast. Would you count on him winning two out of three? Because I might.
0: Yeah, I might. I might. The seventh grader would throw seventy, and he would hit his spots, and LSU would be freaked out. Um, they're going to go back to the College World Series and everybody's going to be like, how? I will tell you this. If I'm Mississippi State and I can get that dude, i do it.
1: I don't know why you wouldn't try. Like, I'd, yeah, I'd would, him, I'm making that call. I can't
0: refuse. <laughs> so, Lunch, uh, Four years,
1: $14 million. Wait, what? What? <laughs> What a perfectly symmetrical way to end this podcast. The moral of the story is if you're involved in college athletics, maybe don't bet on it. He is Colin Brister. I appreciate the time as always, my man. And uh, we'll catch you next Sunday after the next scandal that hits the sport. All right. Sounds good, my man. All right. That is going to do it for our show today. If you made it to the end, I really appreciate you making this podcast a part of your day, even though it's an atypical spring for this podcast. Appreciate you guys listening in the lean times. Always appreciate the feedback. We'll have a couple more podcasts for you on a variety of different topics throughout the week. So uh, y'all have a great start to your week. We'll holler at you here in a couple of days.